excited this morning to have this next guest join us. She really needs no introduction. She's certainly known to our audience. But Marlon Iherica is a journalist for the Sun-Times, top journalist for the Sun-Times, and she is the president of the local chapter of the National Association of Black Journalists. And Marlon, I'm so happy that you could come on and talk about this new edict that the mayor put out uh, that suggests that we need to have more people of color and more women in these press corps, particularly those that cover um, that cover City Hall. How are you this morning? I am well. Thank you so much, Rufus, and thank you for having me. Well, I'm glad to have you. It's always interesting uh, for me now in this position because I get to talk to people who got who talked to me before. So I'm glad we were always good to, good to each other. So it makes these conversations that much that much easier. Marlon, why don't you just break down what it is that the mayor said, and um, and let's take it from there. Well, you know the controversy erupted over Mayor Lori Lightfoot announcing that she would grant access to journalists of black and brown communities, those who either work for mainstream media or uh, work for POC, that is people of color owned media, and that she would grant them priority access in terms of these interviews for her halfway mark. And it immediately hit a sore spot and many people began to criticize the mayor and describing this particular announcement as reverse racism. And I think that, as I said yesterday to so many people who asked, you know, this is a non-story. This is a non-story. And I think that those who have an axe to grind, such as Fox TV, which immediately jumped on this issue nationally on its cable shows, um, you know, will always find a reason to to criticize, and particularly when it comes to race and reparative measures. The bottom line is that journalists of color have long been missing, as well as women, she points out, have long been missing from the press corps that covers these most plum of assignments, and that is politics, city hall, state legislature, the White House, the Washington press corps. You will find that those corps are predominantly white. And the other problem is that POC-led outlets, which have really sprung up um, in the last five years, particularly in Chicago, where you have outlets, digital startups, community newspapers, um, small television broadcast outlets that, you know, have sprung up in, in response to the lack of diversity both in those who cover the media, I mean, who cover the news, and those who decide what news will be covered. And 
because so many communities of color were not seeing themselves on these TV outlets or newspaper pages or were not happy with the biased coverage of themselves in these outlets, um, a lot of these new outlets sprung up. And these particular outlets do not have the sort of access to the powers that be, vis-a-vis City Hall and, 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 and the White House, as mainstream outlets do. And therefore, for Mayor Lightfoot to say, you know what, I am going to point the finger back at the media. So in a year of racial reckoning, when almost a year to the day that George Floyd was killed Mm. and this nation has had to take a look at the systemic racism that plagues every sector of society, from the corporate sector to entertainment, sports, and media, in this particular year, this is a non-story. This is another person that is saying, hey, let's look at the systemic racism that plagues your sector. There is nothing wrong with that. It has been said over and over in the last year. And the New York Times and the L.A. Times, two of the largest outlets, newspaper outlets in this country, are among media outlets that have performed media culpas. But front page media culpas that said, yes, we are guilty. We are guilty of racism in our coverage, in our hiring and promotion, and in our contribution to the systemic racism that grips this country. So, yes, it's, it, it erupted, and I really said, this is much ado about nothing. Because this is an issue of inclusion that NABJ Chicago certainly has fought for for years. Well, Marlon, I have to tell you, I love this non-story. I love the fact that she did it. I love the fact that it brought attention to it. And she's in a position of power where she can say it and she can do it. And people want to talk to her. And she managed it in a way in which it should be uh, to bring forth, to bring this forth to everyone. And the fact that it picked up national steam, which when I first heard it, I knew that it would because it's big enough to do that here in the third largest city in America to say that we've got to address this is exactly yeah. what needs to happen from the place in which he sits. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking with Marlon Hajarika about uh, the mayor's pro- proclamation that she will only talk to people of color and women on her, the anniversary of her second year as mayor. And I'll just uh, share with you how her letter ends. And she says, we'll start here. At the two-year anniversary of my inauguration, I am issuing a challenge to you. Hire reporters of color, and especially women of color, to cover Chicago politics and City Hall in particular. If you only have a white reporter covering City Hall, make sure there's a person of color working with them as well. There are plenty of talented women reporters of color in Chicago for you to hire from, and that pool of talent is growing all the time. Does your institution have an initiative set up to intentionally cultivate, recruit, support, and retain young reporters of color in your ranks? Are there any people of color in your leadership teams or on your editorial boards? Are there qualified people of color on your team that could cover City Hall but simply haven't been given the chance? Have you analyzed your own coverage to identify and root out implicit bias? My team will always be responsive to your inquiries 
We will always be transparent. But if the answer to these questions is no, be advised that I will continue to press for that to change. I look forward to hearing your response as to what you plan to do to address this concern. Maudlin, as she throws that gauntlet out, um, what has been so far the responses from from your colleagues? Many of my white colleagues were quite indignant um, and and saw this uh, as reverse racism. Um, And many of my black colleagues were uh, quite um, plaudatory of the mayor for raising a critical issue. Um, However, there was um, a... a, uh, segment of my black colleagues who felt that um, this was uh, quite frankly a um, a PR move and that uh, the mayor um, has not uh, helped propel the concept this issue that black journalists have fought um, for uh, in terms of inclusiveness in, in, in the newsrooms for a long time, that the mayor has not, um, you know, helped propel this issue. In her first two years, that those um, POC-led news outlets have not been granted access under her administration, just as has been status quo with other mayors, and that um, she has not championed the cause of greater diversity among uh, journalists and and newsrooms um, within these past two years. And so, you know, that that is absolutely a valid point. And and we do not let Mayor Lightfoot off the hook for her decisions, um, neither her her shortcomings or her accomplishments over the past two years. And she most certainly will be accountable, and it is appropriate to point that out, that, you know, we wish that you would have pointed this out um, much earlier in your administration. However, my point is that while we can hold her accountable and while we can certainly, you know, point to the fact that you chose this moment in time to raise this issue, it does not take away from the significance of what she has done and the significance of the true and accurate nature of our newsroom, that she very much truthfully points out. As I said to a few outlets that I talked to yesterday who called me about this, I said, did she lie? Did she lie? If she is lying about the nature of our newsrooms, point it out. But if she's not lying, then okay. Let's 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 call it what it is. This is this is her her moment that she's chosen to shine a light on a true and accurate situation at lack of diversity in one of the last bastions of American society um, that, 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 you know, will shine a light on itself. That does not take away from the significance of that. 
we can still say, Mayor Lightfoot, we wish you had raised this issue earlier. Mayor Lightfoot, we certainly hope this isn't just a PR stunt. Mayor Lightfoot, we certainly hope you will continue to champion this issue and continue to grant access and improve and do better in ensuring access for POC-led outlets as well as POC journalists. But in the meantime, kudos, kudos for saying, I'm going to ensure that access at this moment in time in American history during this year of racial reckoning. Amen. And a couple of things that are, that's really important to note. There is no sentiment at all that a black reporter, a black female reporter, is not going to ask the difficult questions of this mayor because those questions yes. need to be asked. The work that needs to be done will be done. The fact that there is a connection will certainly give a different lens by which you will address it because your history and your bringing is, upbringing is different than what some of your yes. white colleagues may be. But it doesn't mean that the journalism won't be done and won't be done with integrity, credibility, and in the ways that are, that are probably better than what we may have otherwise gotten. Right. We have to also right. recognize that uh, while this didn't come to the front before, the last year has been kind of an interesting year. So, you know, the first year you're getting in, you're getting settled, and then we hit, we get a pandemic. And so now, as we're coming out of it, the ability to take that bully pulpit that she has in that seat and try and make some change is is a wonderful thing. So to be able to do it and do it now, she didn't say that she was not ever going to allow any white people to interview her ever again. Right. She said on this, for this, for this cause, for this anniversary, to pick this moment and this thing, uh, and this is what I'm going to do, which really does elevate and highlight it. Those who are calling this reverse racism, you know, I read the article, I think it was in WBZ, from one of your, um, well, Greg Pratt, I'm not sure how we consider him with you. He's a city politics reporter for the Tribune and the son of an immigrant from Mexico who had asked for an interview with the mayor and was finally granted one, but said that, but also asked the mayor's press corps, the mayor's press office, if she would change her stance. And because she didn't, he decided to cancel his interview. Well, Marlon, it begs the question that in all this time, when there were only white people talking to the mayor, did they ever say, we're not going to talk to you unless you allow black people in, or unless you allow, allow people of color in? It's such an interesting position for him to have taken, given the fact that the diversity is clearly lacking. Marlon, you were just going to respond to my comments about uh, Greg Pratt. Oh, What's going on there? oh yeah, no, I was just simply, um, I was simply agreeing with you that uh, it's an interesting perspective because um, we certainly do not see um, our colleagues stepping up to advocate for interviews for um, POC-led media outlets or journalists of color at other times of the year when they are excluded or having a hard time gaining access. So it's interesting that at this moment, um, some of our colleagues are stepping up to to advocate for, um, uh, um, to to reject uh, any notion of excluding others when others, quote-unquote, 
are excluded throughout the year and on a regular basis as a matter of fact because that is what systemic racism is. It is, and it just becomes even more interesting. D'Angelo, I was speaking about this during the break because there's just a push so often of people who are not black when they are trying to develop which line they fall on, they'll fall on the other line because it seems they can move further in society if they align with somebody who's not black and we continue to get pushed to the bottom and they feel like there's a better sense for them by having made those statements and moved to those ranks. But, you know, we are very competent in what we do. The fact that I think back to when Barack became uh, president and how many of the national networks began to give more opportunity to people, to black people, uh, to have some more places where people could be relatable to what was there. I think even back in my career, when I was at Arthur Anderson, and I found myself going to see some clients because we didn't have many black people there. And when we had black clients, you wanted to put a black face. Um, there needs to just be, whether it's in journalism, whether it's in accounting, whether it's in whatever field, we need to be reflect. Those places need to be reflective of society, which includes us in all of these places, in all of these ways in which we are and which we exist. Right. So Pam's been here for a bit. Pam, how are you this morning? Welcome to VON. What's on your mind today? Yes, good morning. Good morning. Uh, uh, with the conversation, I, I'm glad that uh, Mayor Lightfoot um, did what she did. My only, I think the only, I guess, a change I would make is I think she should have just gone ahead and, and, and just conducted those interviews. I don't think she necessarily had to make a statement until after the interviews. But quickly, here is what I know. I think one of the reasons she didn't make a change right away is because I think she wanted to really observe the situation. Hmm. And I think she wanted to give it some time to see if there would be some changes uh, within the industry. But I think the black journalists have to speak out. I think the white journalists have to speak out. They know the injustice, and I, as a black reporter, if I were a black reporter, I would now tell them, you know how it feels. I mean, they understand, they think that there are no other black reporters that are qualified, but Rufus, that's how it is in corporate world. As professionals, when you're in a department of 200 and you see five blacks, is that, they think that's because those are the only black people qualified. Mm -hmm. They don't even consider the systemic racism in the decision-making and the hiring. So I'm glad she did it, um, and I hope it, 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 it does spur more discussion about racism within your industry, and I hope they're, they're, ha they're having honest discussions about it. Because we know when black people ascend to higher positions how difficult it is for them to deal with diversity and racism remember they told us president obama he couldn't be too black right. couldn't say too much about black issues i remember that vividly and i don't know if you all remember it and the only person who had it down pat for me was harold washington hmm. he i'm black i'm proud and it's a black people's term and i wish our elected officials had built on that but here legacy that harold washington left us 
And lastly, let me just say, within the Alderman should make the same statement about the press corps. Because right now we have one of Harold Washington's biggest adversaries. For me, that racist Ed Burke is still in, in, the, in the city council. Let me calm down. Calling some shots covertly. And that's shameful. But I'm glad she did it. And I want to see more black reporters in the press corps. Thank you both. Thanks, Pam. Thanks for your call. Marlon, you want to respond to all the Pam's comments? No, I mean, she's absolutely um, right on, on the point of um, that, uh, you know, she needed to, to raise this issue. It is absolutely an issue that, that NABJ Chicago has been advocating for for years, and that is inclusiveness and uh, greater diversity within um, our newsrooms and those who cover the news and make decisions about what news is covered. And, um, you know, so, yes, absolutely, I agree with that. Yeah. Mama D is also on the line. Mama D, how are you this morning? Welcome to VON. What's on your mind today? Well, hello, greetings to uh, uh, everybody. Um, as a crimes against humanity descendant and Jim Crow genocide survivor who is without sanctuary and suffering from the same uh, conditions that were discussed yesterday, that vestiges still exist today. You know, um, and I'm glad that the Palestinians pointed that out with the Crown Act. And if we might have blood on our hands as citizens, but that blood is our own blood because our conditions have not been dealt with and the vestiges still exist today, like former Presidents Bill Clinton and George Bush, who were featured in the United States and Senate Apology for Slavery and Jim Crow Laws, said. They were featured in that. But uh, I majored in journalism and graduated from Columbia College. I was sent all over the country writing as a journalist, and uh, I had my own column called uh, in the Chicago Independent Bulletin. And when I found out that the editors, you would write your story and tell the truth, but then based on the uh, editors' uh, um advertisers, they would edit your story, and you had to put your name on it, and it wasn't anything about what you wrote. So that's why I gave that career up and uh, became a certified Montessori educator. But I want to say is I've often used the word reverse racism, because in America, you're not supposed to discriminate based on race, creed, or color. However, when you say the term people of color, you're implying that there is somebody that doesn't have color and they are being frozen out. I object to that phrase because growing up in the Jim Crow genocide days, I did not feel good about being frozen out of the human family because my skin was black. And I don't think little white children feel good about being frozen out of the human family because their skin is white. I think that's two steps up and two steps back, and it's not going to uh, uh, advance anybody. But my question is this. I think that Lori Lightfoot is full of it. I want to find out about the Bud Billica parade, if she's going to allow that, like she's allowing Gay Pride and all these other parades to go forth. But she's suffered her first major defeat when the Black Caucus 
joined in with the progressive and the Latino caucus, and she sees the writing on the wall, and now she's coming, running back home, saying she's black. I fell for that the first time when I voted for, for her, but her record speaks for itself, and it has not been for the people that put her in that office. And she ought to suffer the political consequences. What do you think? Talking with Marlon Ahejarika about um, the mayor's proclamation of only speaking with people of color for this second anniversary interviews. And before we went to break, Marlon, uh, Mama D posed a question, made a few statements uh, regarding the mayor and where she stands and, and such. One, um, you know, I hope the Bud Bellican Parade comes back, too. In spite of whatever else is going on, it seems that the city is opening up and it'll take some planning to do all these things. But rather than um, any slights that I would push to any other community, I just hope that good things come to the black community. I hope we're ready for that. And while we are coming out of this pandemic, I know it takes some planning for these things and planning for everyone. But I do hope all those things happen. I don't know that there's a running um, that she's doing because of others that are coalescing. But I think that the good things that happen for the city and certainly the good things that happen for our community are important. And I hope that um, things continue on that way. And if there's yeah. some been some discontent, maybe this is a shift so that we can be more contented with what the outcomes are from what she's doing. Good point. Thank you, Marlon. Uh, we've got a, we've got the board is actually lighting up. So uh, let's take this call from, from. I can do five more minutes. I'm good till eight. You can do five more minutes. Well, then yeah. what we should probably do, Maudlin, is make sure that we get all of your thoughts in um, mm-hmm. before I take the rest of the caller. So let's talk some more about then where this is and where this stands and what you think will happen as a result of the mayor having made this, this statement. Well, you know, um, I think that uh, that this is, has really um, ripped a Band-Aid off a festering wound. Um, of uh, lack of diversity um, in our nation. And um, kudos to Mayor Lightfoot for doing that. Um, Public relations, timing, maybe, but it doesn't matter. The fact is that she's done it, and she's right. And the fact is that no matter what the timing, she is still going to be held accountable. Um, Those who... Um, uh, make vague references to um, uh, this being a PR stunt um, uh, to um, have uh, her her first two years filtered through a black or brown lens um, are are treading a very thin line of um, uh, 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 potentially indicating that they do not believe that can cover her with accuracy, with objectivity, can hold her feet to the fire. As one of your your callers just indicated, there is a there is a large segment of the Chicago's black community that is dissatisfied with, with several aspects of, of her administration. And and that is not going to change because outlets like the Chicago Crusader the Chicago Defender, TBT News, The Tribe, Southside Weekly, Austin Weekly, and the list goes on and on. Outlets like those, citizen newspapers, apps, 
absolutely represent their community. And they know that Mayor Lightfoot has much to answer to, um, much to answer for um, on broken promises, as well as, as well as kept promises. So I think that people have to be very careful when they um, uh, make these, uh, these characterizations. I agree. And with all the, the uh, outlets that you just mentioned, certainly they have a difficult time gaining access in these ways because if you only have limited time, you go to the places where you get the most bang for your buck. If you right. Have. And so you find that it, it is the larger outlets that get that access. But these are important. And hopefully within this space, these outlets will have an opportunity to have some, some time with the mayor and ask the questions that need to be asked from the community because the community really wants to know and really wants yes. to have those questions asked and yes. answered. Yes. At the same time, it's important to ensure that there's fairness that happens. So it's one, not we're not going to go too far because she is giving access to this group, but we're also not going to let up so that there's still that level of, of integrity that will happen that we expect. And because right. we have journalists of color who are covering her here, we'll not change that at all. Exactly. And Marlon, I know that the NABJ put out a statement, just as the other um, the other groups will, which calls for fairness and doesn't suggest that there should be people who are being um, interviewed, people who are being covered by the press, should not be able to dictate who covers them. I don't think that's the case. I think that the issue is this needs to be highlighted, and the mayor is in a position to highlight that. And I think that's just what this is. Yes, yes. And, and, and the National Association of Black Journalists, you know, um, absolutely has, has, has walked um, that very, very proper line of, of saying, yes, you know, this is a valid issue, and, and we have fought for this issue. It is the reason why we exist. Um, however, we do not want um, anyone to think that they can use this issue um, to, uh, you know, then begin to pick and choose who can cover them. But yes, we believe that there should be access, and yes, we believe that there should be diversity. And and so, yeah, so NABJ um, has absolutely, you know, walked that line of, of saying um, this is a good thing um, when you say, you know, we need increased diversity. However, you know, let's let's be cognizant of, of fairness, and let's be cognizant that when we point the finger at um, uh, at systemic racism in the media and and demand uh, you know uh, uh, fair and 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 an adequate representation of all peoples in those who cover the news. Um, that's what we want. Um, and so, uh, yeah, you know, there are others, other groups who came out uh, uh, unequivocally to say, you know, that uh, that there should not be um, favoritism, quote-unquote, there should not be exclusion of anyone um, and, and, uh, and, and did not support this reparative measure. But um, I'll just conclude by saying that, you know, um, everyone has different perspectives. Um, uh, black and brown communities certainly are not monolithic. We don't all think alike, and that, again, speaks to the reason why, you know, we have to be very careful when we characterize um, uh, this, this potential uh, reparative measure as um, potentially uh, not leading to uh, objective, hard, um, and, and fair 
um, uh, uh, dissection of Mayor Lightfoot's performance. Um, absolutely, that will still happen. We would hope that would still happen. I trust and believe that it will still happen because I know many of my colleagues of black and brown communities um, in the in the Chicago media landscape. I know their skills. I know their talents. And I know they are quite capable of conducting these interviews and will not let Mayor Lori Lightfoot off the hook simply Marlon. because they have been granted an interview. Marlon, thank you for your time. Thanks for answering the call. Thank you. Be well. Thank you.